These are the best kinds of podcasts. It's actually the only kind of podcast. Um, my name is Ryan Miner. You're listening to a Minor Detail podcast as we are cheersing to the three Gaithersburg City Councilmen. That is Neil Harris, Robert Wu, and Ryan Spiegel, who is sitting next to me. And they just completely ruined my microphones. That was Neil, that was Neil for the record. spilled beverages. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really happy to be doing this, guys. We're here at Downtown Crown Wine and Beer. And it's this is a cool spot. I love coming here after work. And I wanted to do something fun because forums are not fun. I mean, you guys, you've been through lots of forums. And sitting around just talking local politics over beer and wine is probably the best. It's better with a beer, that's for sure, Ryan. And thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, we did just do a forum uh, a couple of days ago in front of... Uh, uh, one of the groups at Asbury Methodist Village. and How'd that go? Uh, you know, maybe we're all just political nerds here, the three of us, but I think I speak for all of us when I say, even though there wasn't any beer, it was a good conversation, and we got into the weeds on a lot of policy issues, and maybe because we're political nerds, we enjoy that sort of thing more than the regular bear. That's This is Neil Harris. Yeah. Well, your entire street at Oktoberfest, uh, Neil, was was littered with vendors and various events. You live right in the Kentlands. And by the way, my wife and I were talking on the way over, and she said, look, I like all three of these guys, but make sure you ask them about cell phone coverage, because we never get it in the Kentlands. And I, I, it's like, it's such a pain. And there's no cell phone coverage here. What's going on with that? Right off of 119. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I'll just chime in, uh, Ryan. This is this is Rob Wu for the for the audience, and thank you, Ryan, for having us here. Actually, to the extent that we have uh, hot button issues here in this city, uh, cell coverage and cell tower placement is one of those issues, and so. As Neil just mentioned, AT&T is looking to uh, put a cell tower in to supplement the, the, the lack of coverage in certain areas uh, for them. But we've also had quite the, um, the interesting debate over the last few years over what's called small cell facilities. And these are essentially facilities that will provide supplemental coverage. And so we've taken a really hard look, and I think we've taken a, a, a leading a role throughout the, not just here in the county, but as well as the state as well, in how to do this reasonably, how to maintain local control um, so that these things are put in place safely in places that uh, are aesthetically pleasing to our neighborhoods, but really allow for the, uh, the advancement of the technology so that you know, all of us that are chained to our cell phones are able to use them when we need to use them. Well, I want to mention that I'm a new Gaithersburg resident, new as in a year, my wife and I and family. Welcome to the city. I know, and I've so far I've been so impressed by the city services, by trash pickup, 
I, I really enjoy living in the city, although I always take flack from Senator Feldman, who used to be my former state senator, and every time I see Senator Feldman, which is a lot, he always reminds me, well, you moved out of my district, and I'm not happy about it, so... Don't let him fool you. Senator Feldman's a good friend of the city of Gaithersburg, and uh, yeah, maybe he's jealous. Maybe he wants to live here, too. <laughs> so, in the, in the mail came my... Gaithersburg voters, Voter Guide, and I see Neil Harris, Ryan Spiegel, and Rob Wu all preeminently pre featured here. So, I mean, this is nice. Look at this little guide that we can tell all about how to vote. So, no no mail-in ballots yet. Rockville, our, your friends down the street are trying the mail-in ballot, but um, when does early voting start for residents who are listening? Is that, is that soon? Yes. You want an ballot, you can have one. I've already voted. Okay. So, ballots were available through, uh, just a lot of form on the website. You don't have to swear that you're going to be out of town on election day like the old But uh, early voting is this weekend, all day, Saturday, and Sunday at City Hall. It's Saturday. Yeah, it's 9, so, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. October 26th, October 27th, I'll be 9 to 4. So I'll have to vote on election day. Have to, or by absentee ballot, yeah. which We're, is November 5th, between the hours of 7 and 8 p.m. Nice. Well, 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. 7 a.m. Yeah, go to vote. Is it City Hall? There are... Okay. You should have gotten something in the mail already. I got mine this last week. And your voter's guide. Oh, it's your voter's guide will tell you. So where do I vote? You're at Potomac Oaks uh, Clubhouse. Okay. So you're in the same voting district as I am. Can I vote in the Kentlands? Oh, I have to go to mine. Well, but I can still get an absentee ballot. Yes. Okay. That's probably what I'm going to do. Yeah, Gaithersburg was actually one of the first jurisdictions in the state to have what we call no-fault absentee voting. You might remember years ago, as Neil alluded to, you had to check a box on your absentee ballot application that said you were going to be out of the state for a valid reason that day, or you had a severe illness, or some reason to justify getting an absentee ballot. And Gaithersburg was one of the first places several years ago to say, it doesn't matter what your reason is, if you want an absentee ballot, just request one and you'll get it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about you guys. Neil, you've been on the council. Is this your second term? I'm finishing my first term, unless you count the first year that I was appointed. Right. To okay. Five years in. Five years in, and I should mention, you are, are you the sole Kentlands resident uh, on the council? I am. So I'm, I'm loving the Kentlands. I could, my wife and I always talk about moving into Kentlands, but it's, you know, right now our price range is not quite there, but great well, neighbor. I have an extra bedroom. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, all right. I used to live in the Kentlands, for the record. Yeah. Um, so, Neil, tell us about yourself, voters. You, many people know who you are, obviously. So. <laughs> well, your signs are all over the Kentlands. We used to have a TV show. He was a, a medical doctor when he was a kid. Oh, yes. Anyway, I had the name first, for the record. I heard that's nice. Just the just the best business school in the country. But anyway, one of my professors told me, I know you guys are all going to go out and go into business and make your millions, but don't only do that. Join a board, join a nonprofit, do something as well because you're highly educated and trained. And just then, the uh, Kevin's was forming the Budget and Finance Committee, and I'm thinking you were trying to get a good fit. 
so I signed up and became the chairman of that committee. And we spent a long time figuring out how to run the neighborhood finances better. And I ran for president of the HOA the next year, did that for two years, finished fixing the finances. The entire Kentland's HOA? Yes. How many people is that? Kentland's HOA is about 5,000 people, 2,200 residents. Wow. It's, it's larger than a lot of the municipalities. In the and why would you want to do that? My wife was an HOA president, and she hated it. It was like the worst job she ever had, she said. Coming up to me on the street and saying, look, I'm glad you're doing it. It's a thankless job. And I said, well, you just thanked me. So it's not a thankless job. It's okay. You just thanked me. I have a... In my nature, I think I can try to keep things on an even keel without stirring up trouble and keeping people happy, which is, is serving me well so far politically. And what about your professional career? Tell me about that. Well, I've been a software technology person my whole career. I was, in the early days, I was a computer programmer. And uh, I went to work for a company called Commodore, which people with long memories might remember. Commodore 64 was the most popular computer in the world during the time and uh, spent a few years there and went out into Silicon Valley to work for Atari, which more people remember, uh, and then came back here to work for GE at Rockefeller. Uh, and then joined a partner of mine who was an ex of the GE service, and we built up a software company and ran that for about 20 years, making video games and technology for other video games. Doesn't that sound like the perfect job, Spiegel? Yeah. I mean, I mean sec- second I, to maybe being a city council member. Otherwise, it sounds like a great or job. Or the president of MML. There you go. As a as a kid, I played on all those systems, uh, all kinds of video games. Oh, so yeah. fond memories, and thanks to Neil for his contributions to yeah. those systems. You know, my contributions were back then were about uh, I fixed the user manuals. I mean, I'll take the credit for that. I rewrote the user manual so you could actually understand the computer. Remember that <coughs> my day. You got a computer, and the manual was written in technical gibberish. So a lot of people have contacted me later saying, "Look, my goal is start on those computers, and I'll take a small credit. I didn't really design the computer, but at least I tried to make it so that you could actually work it." I've heard the term technical gibberish maybe twice in my life. But I, when I read the president's tweets, I often think that it's technically gibberish. So, <laughs> but I'm bummed. Um, Rob, Rob is not saying anything. Um, Rob Wu, you have an interesting career. You're an army officer, and you work for the federal government. That is correct on both. Counts. You got to speak in, just speak into your mic. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. So, so my history is um, right out of. Uh, college, I did ROTC, so I was commissioned in, as a second lieutenant, actually at that time in the air defense artillery. Are you a major now? I am a lieutenant colonel. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Almost a full bird. <laughs> Almost a full bird. We're keeping our fingers crossed. But yeah, so I, I signed on the dotted line when I was 18. They paid for my, my college and then um, didn't quite want to go to air defense artillery, so my other option that uh, they gave me was to become a lawyer. So they uh, let me go to law school in San Francisco for three years. And Where'd then you I go? Uh, University of San Francisco. Okay. It's a good Jesuit education. Good Jesuit, yes. And so a- after that, I went into the JAG Corps active duty. Um, got stationed, I think my first duty station was in Korea. It's a long time ago now. Um, my last duty station was attached to the Pentagon. And so that's how I got into the area here. And, and my wife, who was then my wife, she became my wife while we were here. She said, we're not moving. Um, so I got out, got a job with the Army as a civilian, and then um, now I work for the Government Accountability Office, but I'm still a reservist. Do you work in, in the JAG Corps? I do. Well, yeah, I work uh, in Judiciary Square. Okay. Yep. Do you take the Metro in? 
I take the mark in. You take the mark yes, in. Yes, it's a much easier route from the station right around the corner from our house. Correct. So I live in a new community called the Parkland. So if, if yeah. any of your listeners are driving on 270 North, there used to be a forest. Now there's not a forest, and there's a bridge coming in, um, which we're very happy about the bridge coming in. Not so happy about the trees being That's cut a down. Great community. It, it is. Are so you I'm, concerned about the the overpass? So the, the, the overpass, in my view, and I think in a lot of our residents' view, was essential to the development of the community because um, what we're being told by the developer there is that our urban core, the commercial district that is not yet there but hopefully will be soon, is hinging on the fact that uh, the Watkins Mill interchange comes in because they need the, the, uh, the flow of traffic through. In that neighborhood, Rob, are they zoning any of that land for resident, or not just residential, but any uh, commercial or um, where they could include another downtown wine and craft? Yes. So, here. so the, the center I just mentioned, the urban core of our area, is currently a field. I, I think it's about 11 acres <laughs> yeah. right now, and it's supposed to have. Hopefully a coffee shop, a, a grocery store, maybe a movie theater. Wow. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, if That's you... so it, close to my house, too. So if you look at the plans, I mean, they, they may change over time as, um, as we get closer to development. I'm going to knock on wood that we're getting closer to development. Are they but looking at building other schools? The, so Brown Station Elementary School is the f- school that my community currently fields into, falls into. It is, um, was just recently revexed and it's doubled its capacity. Yeah. It's currently under capacity because of the potential for the development in, in my neighborhood area. So they've already kind of uh, built into the, into the uh, cards the fact that, that that development is coming. Okay. And Ryan Spiegel, who I mentioned earlier in the show that he is the president of MML. Uh, Ryan and I really got to know each other down not only at Talls this year, but at the annual MAKO conference that I made my big splash by reporting on all of the MAKO parties, which was interesting. And we had a great conversation at the governor's party at Secrets. I believe that was Friday night. And you and I got to talk a lot about our mutual likes of municipal government. But... Uh, Ryan, talk to us about your own background and your career, and yeah, sure. sure. Thanks, Ryan. First of all, great first name. I think that's a joke I made last time I was on your podcast. Thanks for having me back. Same amount of not laughs. Not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, not too long ago. Uh, we're very proud to have you as a resident of the city of Gaithersburg. Thank you. Uh, glad to be with you here today at a great establishment, uh, Downtown Crown Wine and Beer. Um, my own background: uh, I uh, went to the University of Maryland for undergrad, studied journalism, actually. I have a storied history in my family uh, connecting us to the University of Maryland. I'm a fourth-generation Terp. Wow. I was very involved in a lot of student organizations, leadership roles, uh, academic organizations. Sound like Andrew Friedson. uh, Actually, Andrew and I uh, talk a lot about our mutual love of and connection to the University of Maryland. He and I are both uh, recipients of a particular award that's given out to... Uh, the most outstanding graduating senior every year, and he's a bit younger than I am, but we're both alumni of that award, and so we uh, we have get-togethers occasionally with other other folks from different years who won that award, um, and he's doing a great job as far as I can tell. Um, so went to University of Maryland, went to law school straight after that, uh, just down the road from where Rob went to law school. I went to Stanford in Palo Alto, California. Our daughter told us the other day she wants to go to Stanford for veterinary medicine. That's great. I don't know much about their veterinary medicine program, but obviously a top-notch yeah, university generally. That's great. I had a my, wonderful my experience. My wife and I are thinking, well, what, you know, 
how are we going to pay for that? Yeah, I hope she gets a scholarship. I'm sure she's very talented. I hope so. So I uh, had a great time there, but always knew I was coming back to Maryland because I have strong roots here. I born and raised in Baltimore. Uh, and uh, had the political bug, so knew that I wanted to be somewhere close to the Washington, D.C. area to do something in public service. Wasn't sure what form that would take. Uh, so after law school, I came back. I worked at a very big firm in Washington, D.C., and in my spare time, got more involved in the community, settled in Montgomery County, uh, became the chair of the county's uh, Victim Services Advisory Board, which is a volunteer commission that helps uh, to advocate for victims of crime and make sure they get the services they need. I got more involved uh, in Gaithersburg city activities, became a member of the educational committee, uh, and uh, just uh, decided uh, in 2007, when there were a number of open seats, that I would throw my hat in the ring and run for city council after I had been involved in politics for a few years. So uh, along with these two newbies who've only been on the council for four or five years now, uh, I'm actually one of the senior guys on the council, if you can believe that. Uh, I've been on the council for 12 years now, and I'm pretty proud of all the things that we've done to advance the city over those years. My my impression of, after moving into Gaithersburg and um, following the the council as, as best as I can and the, the local issues, that you guys have a very cohesive council. Um, you work together well, you work together with city staff well, and there's obviously the issues <coughs> we're going to talk about, um, but I don't see a whole lot of content contention. It seems like that it's well-oiled machine. You go in, and of course there's going to be some disagreements, but still, I noticed that the council, I think other municipalities in Montgomery County and around the state looked at Gaithersburg to say, hey, they, they got their acts together. At least that's my impression. I mean, not, not to be cliche, but you, know, you, don't, you can disagree without being disagreeable, and I think that's the mantra that we follow. We're not always seeing eye to eye on the issues that are before us. I mean, we all take a very hard look at it, and we all speak our minds on it. But at the end of the day, we realize that it is a, a political question that's before the council and that we don't take it personally. And so we, we make our decisions, we work together, and then we move on to the next issue. And that's just the way you should do it. Yeah. So it's not there's another city nearby that we mentioned by name, but uh, where the council has uh, much more uh, challenges getting along with each other. And we actually took them out to the courthouse for Tim Rio. Right down the road. Yeah. Facebook. To, uh, well let me just say I, you know the culture of professionalism and respect doesn't happen by accident. You've got to foster it, you've got to work at it, and you've got to encourage, and the voters have to encourage the election of people who are going to buy into that culture. Right. And I think we've done a good job of that over the years in Gaithersburg, but we always continue to work at it and uh, you know reach out and uh, strengthen our relationships with each other, even after a tough vote. And that's just part of being a responsible elected official. I, I think that's great. In, in local government, you have to get along. It's the government closest to the people. And I'm sorry to hear that your, your good efforts did not pay a dividend. However, they're going through an election, that other municipality that shall not be named. <laughs> but uh, they're going through their own process to determine their course of action and their future. Um, but you know what? I, I look at Gaithersburg, and having lived here for a year, I've, got, I've explored a lot on my own time, uh, the different communities, the different neighborhoods. And... 
I didn't realize how big Gaithersburg really is compared to, say, Hagerstown, where I grew up. Um, and, you know, I've lived lived in a couple of different places throughout Maryland. In Westminster, I, I lived in. But I, I have to tell you, I feel a very communal feeling in Gaithersburg. The mayor, J- uh, Judd Ashman, we're right down right down the street. In fact, we're a block away from each other. He lives in the same neighborhood. We go over to Quincy's. That's become my wife and I's hot spot. <laughs> Everybody seems to love Quincy's. I love their Joey Bag of Donuts sandwich. Uh, it's probably my favorite. It's, yeah, it's a it's great not, place. On keto. It's not keto friendly. Um, they it's one have, of many great places here in the city. Yeah, and that's and the this is another spot. And I think that planned communities like, look, you have Crown where we're at right now. I love coming here during the summer. We love Coastal Flats, and I used to work out at LA Fitness, and Ted's, and all kinds of places. And then you have Rio, which just just upgraded their uh, their amenities. And my son was playing at the the new stage uh, last weekend, and we went to Silver Diner. So I think we have an embarrassment of riches here. Um, I should mention that you guys are all running. There's the only opposition that you have is write-in candidates. And but you are, you are all name your names will officially appear on the ballot, and you stagger your elections every two years. So two years from now, there will be two seats that are up for re-election, as well as the mayor, so as well as the three. mayor, yeah. exactly. And Ryan, you mentioned earlier about working together, Rob, you as well. And I should mention the late Henry Marafa, who I had the opportunity to interview. Henry was a great guy, and as a Republican in look, Montgomery County, it's no secret; it's a Democratic. Bastion, um, but Henry, I think, worked really well on the municipal level. He had some, even though when he disagreed, I, I thought he was a fundamentally decent man, and I I really liked him as a person. I had the opportunity to interview him, and I was so sad when you know I know he's been he was battling cancer for a while, but. It's a sad situation. You worked with him, Brian. I did. I worked with him for a number of years, and actually Henry and I sat next to each other on the dais, and we used to kind of joke and elbow each other and pass notes, and there were a number of times when he and I would align, you know, you talk about sort of strange political bedfellows, but we would align on an economic development issue or another type of issue, because... Like you said, being a Democrat, being a Republican doesn't matter so much when you're in municipal government and you've just got to solve problems in a pragmatic way. And I think part of what helps that is that we don't have primaries in our municipal elections. And the vast majority, uh, almost all of the municipalities around the state do not have primaries. People just run as themselves in a general election. They don't have a D or an R or anything else next to their name. And that, I think, helps draw out the kind of ability to work together with each other. Right. Uh, Neil... In, in the city of Gaithersburg, you experience the same traffic problems that all of us do. Uh, you're certainly looking at the different plans that are being proposed by the state. That's an issue that I think needs to be tackled. Not only the city council, county government, state government, it's a, it's a comprehensive big-ticket item that we're all looking at. It's, what are we going to do to reduce the amount of cars on the road or mitigate the traffic? And can that be done through mass transit? Can it be done through a upgrade of the mark system? What are your thoughts on the, the infrastructure issues at play? Oh, I, I did that commute. Transportation planning board, which is a regional organization that we got married. Uh, 
transportation dollars are going to be and at the end of my first year, um, where I was really absorbing information, because I don't have a background as a transportation engineer, there was a presentation made where they showed us a slide that said that in the next 25 years, based on this plan, traffic congestion is 72% worse than it is today. And I raised my hand and got loud and said, wait a minute, that's not okay. Why are we voting for this plan? If you were running a company as the CEO, Presented a plan like this to the board of directors, you'd be fired for a plan this terrible. So, at that point, a few other people stopped being quiet and raised their hands as well. And we formed a long range planning task force to come up with some out of the box ideas. Turns out that our organization evaluates plans by every local jurisdiction, but there's no central organization that creates plans that ties everything together. So it's like back in the 1800s when they built a railroad, the West Coast and the East Coast were not on the same page and the, the tracks didn't move in the middle. Um, so look, uh, to me, after five years of evaluation and doing a lot of number crunching and data analysis, I think the core problem is there's no money to actually do anything. There's no funding mechanism in Maryland to build more roads, to build more transit, to do anything. Transit is very expensive, roads are very expensive to build. The county has spent every dollar and borrowed every dollar that they can find. The state is pretty much tapped up. They don't have an extra few billion dollars to throw away any anyway. Um, interestingly, Northern Virginia has addressed this issue by creating a special transportation district consisting of just the Northern Virginia County that where they added half a percent to the sales tax and a couple of other things. They generate about $300 million a year that is dedicated to reducing traffic congestion. And they're building the Silver Line, they're building roads, bicycle paths, pedestrian pathways, every mode. So there's no there's no one answer to a mode of transportation that's going to make things better, whether it's more roads or fewer cars or more transit or whatever. The answer is really all of the above because there's different needs on different Right, I see Gaithersburg as a hub for public transportation, for uh, transportation into downtown Washington, D.C. Shady Grove Metro, of course, backs right up into... Is that is that inside of... Is that it's just outside? Just outside. Is that county limits, or is that gate is Rockville? Okay. And then, of course, we have uh, Mark Station uh, uh, in Gaithersburg. A couple we, of them. Couple. Two. Two, yeah. right. One over by Brown Station, and then there's another... Is Gaithersburg. Where's the Gaithersburg? Old right Town. In Old Town. It's an Old... Okay. Right at Summit and Excellent Diamond coffee shop right there. Go oh, enjoy okay. a pastry. From nearby Victor Litz? Yeah, right next Correct. to Victor Litz yeah. where the train museum is. Okay. Yep. So... I see Gaithersburg as a, as a hub city, almost. I mean, like Hagerstown. You know, that's the nickname Hagerstown, but the, the old hub city. But I got to tell you, uh, as more cars are on the road, uh, that creates problems for, that creates a lot of problems for municipal government. And I'd love to see less cars on the road. But as you said, you know, how do we pay for these these transit projects? That's the problem. And, and I'm sure, has that come across your own budgets? And has that been an ongoing discussion? amongst your council? Yeah, to an extent. I mean, because there are so many different layers of government jurisdiction that affect us here, right? We've got federal, state, right. county, municipal. There's only so much authority that we in a municipal government have over some of those issues. But what we have found that has been effective, as much as it can be given the limited resources that Neil talked about, is advocacy. Um, with all due respect to the incredible advocacy groups that we have in and around the city, who go and lobby the county and the state and the federal government, 
there is some added oomph, we think, sometimes when the mayor and city council formally go and advocate a position on behalf of our constituents. And even more oomph when we band together with other municipalities throughout the entire municipal league and go to Annapolis and advocate together. You saw that in the debate over highway user revenues, That's which right. is the money that comes from the gas tax. Uh, at the state level, there is a formula in state law that is supposed to reallocate a chunk of the gas tax back to municipal governments to work on road projects, which obviously affects uh, traffic issues. And we weren't getting anywhere near as much as we were supposed to be getting, and so uh, we mounted a really good advocacy campaign. Gaithersburg was one of the leaders of that campaign. But working together with other municipalities and other stakeholders, including, by the way, counties, we're able to get a lot of that money back. So that's one of the ways that we approach this issue. The other ways that we approach this issue are kind of a cumulative effect of many small things. Neil talked about lots of different modes, lots of different ways to address the problem. Again, because of the scale of the problem, we can't fix 270 at the municipal level. That's but what right. we can do is look at better ways to design our internal road network, better ways to provide commuter opportunities, better ways to maybe have bus connections, better ways to maybe have bike connections to the metro station. And so we've been working on a lot of those things and making progress on those things over time. Rob, you are the chairman. Is it the Public Safety Committee? So I am the council liaison to a few committees. So one is the Environmental Affairs Committee. Uh, the other was the Police Advisory Committee. And the third one is one the you're trying to get me to join. Yes, yeah, so I, I will. So I you, you missed that last meeting. I, I sent you the invite. We'd love to have you. I, I would love to be there. I think last I had some sort of obligation that I couldn't come at the last minute. But tell me about your viewpoints on what's happening with public safety inside the city. And look, every city faces its will have crime. Every city will have those across the board issues that can be can be dealt with through the, our, your, your public safety mechanisms in place. But it seems to me that Gatorsburg City Police have always been very responsive. And um, tell me what's what kind of issues are at play there. Well, so you, you have to start with the baseline that there's there's crime everywhere. Right. Um, but in the city of Gatorsburg, we, we are safe. We have a top-notch police department uh, under uh, Chief Shroka and our own municipal officers that provide coverage along with the 6th District in Montgomery County. Um, and, and these are consummate professionals that do their job well. Um, we in the council have a role and responsibility to foster the uh, ecosystem or the environment in which they operate, in which they are trained, they are equipped, they feel adequately compensated, they feel like part of the family here in Gaithersburg so that our officers can serve and protect. And so um, I, I think we have a good uh, tone here in the city um, where uh, the residents from from all the sectors of the community um, feel safe that they can come to our police that they can come to us with their issues with their security problems um, and feel like they'll be addressed and I think that's very important is to have that kind of trust between your 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 city government and the police enforcement as well or included and the community, and I'm not sure that's something that is is um, a relationship that exists in other places. But I think we've worked hard here in the city to hire the right people, to have the right environment, to have the right mechanisms whereby we're able to address to the community so that we can build that 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 um, feeling of community trust in, in government. And can I just law jump in and add something to that? I think Rob is touching on this already, but I think equity considerations and community policing philosophies are a big piece of that. Uh, uh, in our city, all the police officers wear body cameras, uh, and they have, they have for a while now. I think that protects both the officers and the public. 
Uh, and I think everybody seems to agree at this point that that's the case for the most part. Um, and uh, we, we do need to have trust with every type of community. So what Rob was saying, you know, is really particularly important to communities that have maybe had historic, historically had challenges trusting police, uh, whether it's immigrant communities, whether it's minority communities. The police can't do their job to protect the public if people don't feel safe coming forward to report the crimes. And so that's why our police chief's been very supportive of our position that local police do not enforce uh, federal immigration laws. The immigration laws are what they are, uh, but that is not the role of, of municipal police departments to handle our job and our police's job at this level of government is just to ensure the basic level of public safety. And I think things like de-escalation training, which we make our officers go through, so if there is, God forbid, ever an incident uh, or a confrontation, they know how to handle it in the best way possible to avoid any harm or death to anybody in those situations. So we really take that responsibility of equity and community trust seriously. Yeah. I want to talk to you guys about a great issue that I'm, I'm loving is the Royal Farms, Wawa. I'm still begging you guys for a sheets as a Western Maryland guy. <laughs> and I maybe one of these days, will Gaithersburg will be the home to the very first sheets. But uh, I think that's been a, a big topic for your council. Um, who wants to take that one? Well, let me say first before we get deep into this discussion that uh, we have an open uh, public comment process right now on the Royal Farms application. Okay. So technically, we're not really supposed to discuss it outside of our city council okay, meeting. Okay, fair enough. But uh, tomorrow night, actually, is the public hearing on the application for the Royal Farms. And if anybody wants to submit any comments or show up at our public meeting tomorrow night, they're welcome to Do, do you to expect do that. that to be well attended? I don't know. I don't think necessarily it's going to draw as much concern or input as the Wawa application did, but we'll see. Why did the Wawa application draw so much well, concern? Well, I, I think we also need to temper our, our comments right now because we're still in the appellate period. Okay. Um, because it, it was in the last session that we ultimately decided in a four-to-one vote to approve the initial plans for that site. Um, and I think Ryan probably is the, one of the two lawyers, and probably the better lawyer on the council, gave a very good um, synopsis of, of, of our role in this case. And so um, a lot of our actions are, are covered under what's called legislative authority. And so we can basically have a very broad abilities to, to, to legislate. But some of the actions that we take are in what's called a quasi-judicial role. We're essentially sitting as the first-line court that can ultimately be appealed to a higher-level court, um, and, and it's a different standard that we have to apply to evaluate. And I think if you go back and look at the record for Wawa, that's really the lens that we looked at that application. Now, I, I, I'm going to be, be uh, reticent in my comments on, on Wawa, at least until we're outside of the appellate period. Fair well, enough. and if, you're, if your listeners haven't fallen asleep after that legalistic yeah. explanation, which was <laughs> correct, but maybe not as exciting as people, you know, want to hear. Um, where, I think we can, talk, we can talk more broadly about economic development, yeah. uh, but we do have to be careful. Yeah. Good chicken. Good chicken is what I'm told. Um, so, 
we gave the developer that input not thinking that anything would necessarily come of it. And then they came back to us and said, well, no. we're actually pretty good. Mike, you know, we're sitting here. It's and, uh, hilarious. You know, we're sitting here. 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 And where is it? Where is the site? I know, Spectrum. It'll essentially be in my community. The other side of the bridge. Okay. I don't know. I just accidentally. Oh, well, either way. I think it's it's important to then shift to our discussion over since you guys can't say too much, and I will be anxious. But if you can get out to the public hearing tomorrow, maybe that I maybe that is something that I can get out to. Uh, I would I would love to to hear some input. But let's talk about economic development. That is it's a big issue for all municipalities: is how to spur economic growth, how to bring jobs in, and then it all ties into zoning. Uh, what's the right formula? So, what are some economic drivers for the city of Gaithersburg? Is it small businesses? Is it restaurants? What what makes Gaithersburg tick economically? Uh -huh. I said, well, there aren't really that many cows here anymore, and certainly today there aren't cows, but when I first moved here, it was a hard place to go out to a restaurant and stay in the street every single day. And now, I don't have to leave my neighborhood today. Oh, you took me to a place. Was it Sin and Grin? Sin and Grin, right next door to my place. Excellent locally owned restaurant. Yeah. I will mention one thing, is that the, the building, the, the space where it was at Tommy Jones, what happened? Oh, no, you can't find a restaurant to stay there. Okay. Interesting. But you're right. You're right about I was in the vape shop right across the street from your house the other day, not for any vaping materials, but they have cigars, and I 
I, I, I purchased a cigar and I was I was talking to the young lady who works there and she said I was asking her about the, the, the county's new legislation that would uh, make her move uh, in two years because they she's well within I think she's in within a half a mile of Rachel Carson Elementary School and she's like she, it was funny she said oh, that's not gonna happen and I said but it is and she, I said well what are you gonna do and she's like nah it's not gonna happen and I said well I'm gonna keep shopping here I'm gonna come back and tell you every day that you should be considering looking for a different well, of course the new sorry the, the, the nuance there is depending on how the county is going to pass that legislation which I understand it's coming in as a zoning text amendment and so we have our own zoning authority okay and so, so that would not affect her it would not affect it if it came Maybe. under if it came in under the health code uh, my understanding is is that that would apply in the city. So it, it's one of those weird anomalies about municipal corporations such as Gaithersburg and Rockville and Tacoma Park is we have our own separate legislative jurisdiction and then us in Rockville, not Tacoma Park, has our own zoning jurisdiction as well. Well, I'm glad I have two attorneys at the table that can explain the detailed nuances, the minor details. Oh, the uh, minor oh details. Nice plug. Nice plug. But I'm bummed. I know. So uh, let's, let's move on. Um, but... Actually, no. I, I, I want to shift just to different folks at the table. Economic development, yeah. what's your perspective? Yeah, let me uh, echo everything that Neil said, but also add a couple other potential drivers. Uh, one of the big drivers is the culture and the approach that our city staff, both the planners uh, and the permitting offices and the in-house economic development people that we have at City Hall take when they're dealing with businesses. There is the approach you can take, which some jurisdictions do, which is that business is the enemy. And when they come in seeking any kind of approvals or permission to do something, your job is to figure out um, if they have succeeded in getting around the bureaucracy of prohibitions and limitations, and if they've played the game appropriately and they've gotten all the approvals and gotten around all of the roadblocks, then maybe you give them a chance to pursue their business goals. Our approach has always been, let's sit down with you, let's look at this collaboratively, let's figure out if it works under our rules and what we can do to help you. It may not always work out, we still enforce our rules, but we're not jerks about it, to be honest with you. And we're very different than some other jurisdictions in that approach. And so I think that culture of being open-minded to business enterprise when it comes through the door is one big driver that um, encourages developers and businesses to come to the city of Gaithersburg when they can. I think another thing is we have innovative programs in place. We have worked with our county, state, and federal legislators to uh, overlay certain tax incentive zones in portions of the city to encourage redevelopment. Uh, we have a program called our Economic Development Toolbox, which provides matching grants to small businesses. We have another program called our Opportunity Fund, which provides larger grants and loans to larger businesses making investments in the city, as long as they promise to bring a certain number of high-quality jobs. And those programs have been very effective, uh, leveraging a relatively small amount of dollars, because we're not a huge city, and we don't have an endless budget, but we get a tremendous return on investment in terms of the amount of private sector money that goes into redeveloping our city and the amount of private sector jobs that are created through those programs. And then the last driver I want to mention is our geography. Um, for better or worse, we are where we are. 
and we're trying to make the best of it, and I think there are a lot of good things going for us. We're not right next door to Washington, D.C. We're not right next door to a metro station, but we're very, very close. But we are at the center of a connection, a hub, as you said earlier, Ryan, with the ICC, Route 200, I-270 Tech Corridor, where the next door to the terminus of the red line, uh, and we're trying to leverage all of these connections where we are sort of the geographic as well as the business heart of Montgomery County. And I think that is a big driver for people as they see we're the next frontier where great things are happening. You're not going to go too far uh, north of us because you're going to hit the Ag Reserve. Uh, and you don't want to go too far south of us because it's already overpriced and crowded in places like Bethesda. And Potomac. And Potomac. Although... Rob Wu, who is a bicyclist and is a cyclist, and I should mention, Rob, I want to mention your incredible accomplishment. Didn't you just bike from Pittsburgh down to Washington, D.C., to the Great Allegheny Passage to the CNO Canal? Yeah, so so I'll use your podcast to do a, a plug for an excellent event and an excellent charity. So this is my third year, this uh, two weekends ago, to take part in an organization that was actually founded in the Kentlands. It's called Ride Allegheny. Um, and it is a organization, a group of folks that get together to support a great charity called Operation Second Chance, which provides um, various type of support mechanisms for wounded warriors at uh, uh, Walter Reed. And so, what I did last, what I had, uh, I think, 140 other cyclists did was we biked from Pittsburgh over a four-day period, ultimately landing here in Gaithersburg. And you did that with Bill Conway. I did that with my friend Bill Conway. It was a how do I say it, say this joke without offending? But he's a little faster than me, so I kind of basically stared at his derriere the entire bike ride down. <laughs> uh, no, Bill's a great guy. I kind of uh, <laughs> yes, we get some laughs. This is the Rob Wu sense of humor we've come it. to know on the Gaithersburg City Listen, Council. I've had to interpret Rob Wu's sense of humor <laughs> over the years, and I, I I've come to really appreciate it. So cause yeah, it's 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 different, Rob. Sometimes you have a. An interesting sense of humor that not everybody understands, but personally, I love it. Well, so let's take it a step further. The guy works out. You can tell. <laughs> no. um, it's an it's an excellent charity. We raised, I think, this year over five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. It's the single largest fundraiser for the Operation Second Chance organization. Um, it's something that I'll be taking part in next year. I think I heard Neil say he might do it. Maybe we'll talk about Neil's this, uh, Mr. Miner. I would like to do it, and you know, Hamza is always at, Hamza Khan has always asked me to go hike. I went hiking with Hamza once. Hamza actually said he's going to be doing it next year with me and Bill. So, so there you go. Going to ask me to do it, so then I'll have to do it. But you know what? I uh, we could talk about bicyclist, um, which you know my. My yeah. wife, if she were here, she would tell you all about her viewpoints on cyclists. Well, so, so I Neil, would, Neil's a big cyclist too, as well. I, I would, yeah, but I don't do long distance rides anymore. I did a long one when I was about 20 years old with some friends. A really long in, one. In Jacksonville, Florida, and headed west. Oh. A long, long way. <laughs> like how west? Uh, let's see. I think we ended up in New Orleans. That's a long... We were trying to get all the way to California, but what we didn't intend with was that the winds are blowing west to east the whole way. <laughs> your face you ran time. into some hurricanes in New Orleans, no, I bet. No hurricanes, but it was, uh, it was tough. It was, uh, anyway, 
didn't have any spare weight at the time, unlike today. And I, I was losing weight throughout the whole trip, so I had to bag it at that point. Well, but, but if we could, let's we could talk about bicycle infrastructure. Please, That's yeah. a, but I, I would actually like to circle back and sink my teeth into the economic development question because I think absolutely I think we're all on the same page here. And you know what we've what Ryan was talking about is spot on with respect to where we are. I personally think where we are is, is a great benefit um, to 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 building this kind of a micro. Uh, climate here in Gaithersburg, and so one of the numbers that has really impressed me, and I don't think it's, it's really known out there, is is that we do have a micro market here in Gaithersburg, both in the area of office and particularly in the area of lab space, where we're significantly below the vacancy rates of other areas, including some some higher priced down county areas. Hmm. Um, and, and really, the, the 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 steps that we take to to foster that ecosystem are great. But we do sit in a, in a, in a, a great location that has great attributes. We mentioned AstraZeneca. They have a lot of spin-offs here in the local area. You mentioned NIST. Um, they're the head of the Federal Labs Consortium, which is responsible for commercialization of technologies. We all sit, sit near NIH um, and FDA. So that's why one of the, the leading factors as to why we are the biohealth um, the, the epicenter, as Rich Bendis puts it, of the biohealth national capital region. Um, and we take that to our advantage. And I think in the next in, in the next term, um, should I be elected, I, we've been having some conversations with folks here at the table on initiatives that the city can be taking on to further leverage the location that we are in to help to, to, to foster economic development in those areas. I want to mention, I think this is a perfect opportunity to mention some really good spots if you want to go to eat or maybe some small businesses. Uh, my wife and I, for the first time, ate at Not Your Average Joe's in the Kentlands on Friday night. Terrific. I, we always, I just pass by that, and it's just, it's unbelievable. And I, I had such a great meal. Uh, Giamelli's, great, great Italian place. Best uh, chicken farm sub. And they've got the uh, the new pizza ovens. Yep. Yes, they do. We, we picked some of, we, we got some pizza there before I started the keto. <laughs> And my wife is, she loves it, and the kids love it. And it's legit, and legit cannolis too. Yeah. And for those of you on keto, Ryan, uh, they have an amazing cheese counter. They import all kinds of really interesting gourmet Italian cheeses. So I think keto does allow you to eat cheese. It so does, as yeah. much as we want, and that's why I'm telling you. No, and I want to give him a big plug. I, the owner there is a guy from New York City, and he, he grew up in, an, in a very Italian household and then started this this, this business. And I, I hope it stays forever because I love going there. I love buying wine there. Uh, we buy meals there all the time. And it's just one of those places, and it's right down the street from our house, and we just we, we can't get enough of it. And there's other great restaurants. I mean, there's so many places. We could be here all day if I you know, want to talk about the I great know. food. Like Inferno Pizza right across the Inferno way. Inferno Pizza? Cafe the, Roma. I don't know if that's technically in the city limits. It is. Oh, is that? As of a few years ago. So there is another place called That's a Wrap, and it's owned by the county. And I always do, uh, if, if I have for, for my day job, I'll go there and, and for, if I do luncheons. I, I will always purchase wraps in there, and it's owned by the county, and it gives people with special needs um, the jobs, and it's it's just such a great place. Nice. It really is. Of course, the Dunkin' Donuts. And, yeah. uh, by the way, I should mention that I believe that Gaithersburg is the only place that has a drive through Starbucks in the entire county. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the Gaithersburg Starbucks 
is the one on Quince Orchard Road. One yeah. on Quince Orchard yeah. Road. So, and they have Taco Daddy. That's a that's a new spot. And Boca Batanas, I understand you've been to yeah. yet. Yep. And okay. uh, Choi Hana. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just getting hungry with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Podcast is taking yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Let's. And I want to talk about some of these communities that people are flocking to, like this one, this Crown community. I hear from people all over the state. They say, "Hey, what's going on at Crown?" I, I'm, I'm hearing great things. This used to be a field. When I moved here, um, this was being. Some of it was being built. Many of the townhomes were being built, and Rio existed, but. This is coming along, and I, I really like it. In fact, they had a festival here down yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're right, we're right in downtown Crown. Across the street from us is Bruce Chris, and down the street is Ted's and Poorhouse and um, Paladar. I, I'm delicious guacamole. There's, and eventually there's delis- delicious guacamole. Eventually there's going to be a high school bill, correct? The, that's the hope. Uh, the way we deal with it, because we don't have direct authority over the con- construction and operation of the school system, that's a county uh, function, county school system function. Uh, what we do, what we found, uh, gives us a little bit of leverage in trying to encourage the county to build schools right. in our city, is to tell a developer, if you've got a big chunk of land and you're going to develop most of it, set aside a portion of it as part of the approvals and conditions that we're going to be giving to you and offer it as free land to the county school system. And in exchange, the school system hopefully will say, wow, free land is a valuable commodity. We'll take it and we'll agree to the condition to build and operate a school there if you give us the free land. Uh, We're obviously still waiting on that to happen uh, here in Crown, but it is now in the CIP for the first time, uh, which is a big step forward for making that a reality. Were you gentlemen happy with the expansion of Rio, the upgrade to the outside arena, so to speak? I I know that my my kids and I we love going to the movies down in Rio. There's a lot to do there. It's it's a I think it's a relatively safe place to, to spend time. People, I see people jogging throughout the summer. In fact, I spend a lot of summer Saturday evenings down there. Our son plays in a band, and he's he loves it. They they spend they play many of their band concerts over there. I think it's an excellent place for families to go and hang out throughout uh, all throughout the season. Very you know much what? so. And I, and just uh, well, let me knock on wood when I say this: is you haven't seen anything yet. And and to answer your question is yes, very supportive of the investment Peterson Group put into into the Rio. But just recently, uh, within the last year, we, we approved an amendment to the annexation agreement to allow for future progress in that area. And so you so. I'm thinking over the 10, 20 year time frame, you may see a lot more happening down at the Rio, um, a lot more exciting stuff. Some well, new uh, some new amenities. Um, possibly even some housing, but we're, we don't housing? want to get ahead of ourselves yeah, yet, okay. because that's many years, I think, in the making, but wow. it's a possibility. But I, I wanted to just say, you know, Crown is a jewel, and we're very proud of it. It took a little bit longer to build than I we had hoped. I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, a crown jewel, oh. but but uh, you know it took a little longer than we had hoped to build because originally it was set to go forward right before the Great Recession. The recession hit, and everything kind of froze in place, and it stayed as an empty farm, about 186 acres, for a few too many years than we had hoped. But now that it's built out and it's continuing to build out the last phase uh, down on the end there, um, it is drawing people from all over the place. We think that's because Gaithersburg is trying to be forward thinking and understanding what the demand is out there for 
vibrant town center communities. I mean, look at Kentlands. 25 years ago, Kentlands was absolutely cutting edge as a walkable mixed-use community that had retail, office, and lots of housing. And um, in fact, I'm told that in urban planning and architecture textbooks at universities, Kentlands is a case study in success from 25 years ago. I look at Crown as sort of Kentlands 2.0. Mm -hmm. Now here we are. Minus 20, the lakes. Minus the lakes. Well, there, I, there's I, a stormwater pond back here. Well, but, I wanna, so, but just to jump in, sorry. Yeah. When I first moved into Gaithersburg, my councilman reached out to me, Neil Harris, and he said, hey, I'm going to give you a tour. So we met at Sinningrin. We had some lunch. And he said, do you want to go for a walk? So he showed me the Kentlands Lakes. He took me all over the place. And to this day, it's a trail that I use at least a couple times a week. That's great. Oh, yes. All the way down to Yep. Along the trail, along um, all the way between Lakers and uh, Washingtonian woods, yeah. and then you hit 28, you go under 28. Yeah. Next to a county trail, but from there all the way down to the river and Lakers over. Is that right? Yeah. You can bike it, Ryan. So you get your bike out. We can start our training for next year. Yeah. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take you up on that. Yeah, I'm serious. I, I, I'll give you my word that um, you gotta. You gotta get me out there and do it. So I, I'm, I, I will. I will. You're, you're getting in shape, man. Number of redevelopment opportunities has been approved or in progress. Not only that, but I think one of the concerns when Crown came online was, oh, is this going to be competition for all these other great town centers that we have? Is this going to cause them uh, to stagnate? Yeah. But that's not what happened. We saw the opposite. We saw kind of a rising tide lifting all boats. So Crown comes in. Everybody's excited about it. People are drawn to it. What happens? Uh, Rio reinvests and ups its game. Kentlands reinvests and ups its game. And they all exist simultaneously with the possibility of being successful together because each of them offers something a little different. Watkins Mill is now upping its game as well. And we just think it's great. It's like you said earlier, we have an embarrassment of riches here. Uh, but we like to think it's not by accident, but because we're trying to foster all of the good qualities that we have in this community. And a, a good place for the conversation to go now is, you know, each of the developments that Ryan just mentioned, the Crown, the Kentlands, Rio, all existed as pretty much open green space at, at one point in time. And we've kind of just run out of that kind of space here in the city. And so one of the, the things, hopefully on the near term horizon, as far as development concerned, is a is a infill site, Lake Forest Mall area. Yeah. And so we've been having conversations about that 
Um, Are and you concerned at all, Rob, with Lake, the Lake Forest Mall and I guess its ability to draw in businesses or to be economically sustainable? Well, for Lake Forest Mall to exist as it is, I'm very concerned. I mean, we've all seen the, the decline of, of that kind of retail over the past few decades. Frankly, I don't, I don't see the mall surviving as a mall as it is now. And so we have to really look to what's coming next for that area. And that's a discussion that we're having right now. And nothing is set in stone right now. It's kind of what keeps me up at night is, 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 is how we are going to work with our partners. Um, WRS, for example, in, in, from South Carolina came in and purchased the uh, inline site at the mall. And, and there, we're under an agreement right now. Um, I think it was a six-month agreement into the next year for them to try to uh, enter into some kind of uh, transactions with the other property owners on that site. That is the, the holy grail of being able to do something special on that site. And we're hoping that something is coming that's magical and, and it'll work in the next few years. It's such a great place and there's opportunity. I think that is just untapped there. Um, but as really smart guys on the council like you three, I think, and then your two colleagues, I should. I, I think it's. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how that pans out, and um, it would be a shame to lose more retail stores. But what's the next? What what is the next stage in 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 Lake Forest? I I think it's too big to lose. So I'm hoping that it doesn't become another mall like you know we see down the pike, um, right by uh, right in Rockville. Um, what they become in Gaithersburg by accident. Our philosophy here, which is very different than some of the other jurisdictions around the area, is we try to provide pretty good guidance. about the 60-minute mark, and people tend to drift off into space after that time. Particularly when Rob's talking. No. I, you know what? We <laughs> didn't talk much about your campaigns, but what I really want to talk about is some of the pressing issues that matter to people, what's on their minds, what's on the city residents' minds. Uh, the election is November 5th. Correct. And you have six different places that you can go out and vote, and I have my voter's guide, and you can also go to GaithersburgMD.gov. It lists all, all of your personal websites if you are interested in checking Ryan Spiegel and Robert Wu and Neil Harris. 
Um, and I would just encourage everybody to get out and vote and to make your voices heard. The, and it says polling sites are not the same as for federal, state, and county elections. It's an important point. It's yeah. not where you would vote for governor or president. And I, I appreciate that you not only wrote it in English, but also in Spanish as well. So there's a lot of Hispanic residents of the city of Gatorsburg. Yes, there are. And there's significant diversity that's so important. Um, gentlemen, I really appreciate your time on this Sunday afternoon. I know you can be doing anything but this, but it means a lot to me that you came on, and I'm, I'm honored to, to have you on the podcast and to, to talk about these big issues and to be enjoying some wine and beer with you all at one of the the really the great places of, uh, of of the city of Gaithersburg to hear downtown wine and beer. So um, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Best of luck to you in the election, and I'm, I'm sure you'll be fine. I, I, I don't see, you know, if I'm putting on my political analyst hat, I, I'm pretty sure you guys will be fine. So, well, thank you, Ryan, for having us. Yeah, and thanks for having cheers, us. Guys. I'll just say cheers. Cheers, yeah. cheers. Thank you. Cheers. And you can hear the, the glasses. So thank you all.